going to take a few moments to look into the scriptures, God's word. It's said of Jesus in John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And as we open up and look in the word of God, I just pray that God would touch all of our hearts this morning. I'm reminded of the words of Paul when he wrote to the Corinthians. He said, my, my teaching, my preaching were not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and the power of God so that your faith, turn to the person next to you, say your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for every person here. Thank you for this wonderful time of the year. God, we pray the presence and the power of your spirit to be present with each and every person, the youngest to the oldest and everyone in between. We pray, God, that you would just speak to our hearts. You would confirm your word. You would make it real to each and every person and touch every life in a special way, we pray, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we pray in the name of Jesus and everyone said, Amen and amen. Before you're seated, just give someone a handshake, a hug, a high five, and a great big welcome. Good morning, good morning. God bless you, God bless you. I want to talk to you today about the gift of hope, the gift of hope. This is a special time of the year, Christmas, a time of giving and receiving gifts, a time known as the most wonderful time of the year. I'd like to ask you a question this morning. Do you remember what your most favorite Christmas gift was. Think for just a second. Let me just share with you my favorite Christmas gift. When I was about three or four years old, my parents bought me a drivable Batmobile car. Now, how cool was that back in the day? Now, this Batmobile, now understand, I'm a little older than some of you. Now, this Batmobile wasn't battery operated. It wasn't electrical. But it had a mechanism, the back wheels, that when you, you backed up, you pushed back with your feet, it would propel you forward. So now, when you're three and four years old, and you get a Batmobile for Christmas. You also get, take one of your old, uh, uh, maybe bathrobe or a shirt, and you tie it around your neck. So now you have the cape to go along with the whole Batman getup. Now, I thought I was so cool, and I mean, you know, Batman, I mean, it was, it was awesome. I remember that gift. What, a, what an amazing gift. Uh, if I had time, I'd let you try to top it, but I don't think you could. We all have 
memorable gifts I'm sure that we've received over the years. And these gifts are tangible gifts, gifts that we could touch, that we can see, that we could feel. But Christmas, as wonderful as it is, giving and receiving gifts and enjoying family and good food, Christmas is a powerful reminder of the special, intangible gifts that God has generously given us. I want to talk to you about that this morning for a few moments. The intangible gift that God has given to you and I. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'd like to read a verse of scripture from Romans chapter 15. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you this morning about the gift of hope. The gift of hope. Hope is indispensable. It is a necessary ingredient in order to experience a fulfilling life. It has been said that man could live about 40 days without food, about three days without water, about eight minutes without air, but only one second without hope. It's necessary. It's important during the Christmas time to be reminded of the wonderful gift of hope that we have in the coming of Christ at Christmas. How many of you like the Christmas carols and hymns that we sing? O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in the dark street shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee. That is in Jesus. Christmas is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. Yet we know because it is a well-documented fact that people struggle with discouragement and depression during the holidays more than any other time of the year. Hello? 50% of Americans dread the Christmas season because it's just another painful reminder of an absent loved one, a lost job, a painful divorce, a broken relationship, or an unfulfilled dream as another year passes. That's why we need to receive the gift of hope this morning. Hope is, is, is an essential ingredient for an abundant life. Hope is essential for our survival. Dr. Victor Frankel was in Auschwitz, Auschwitz prison during World War II in the 1940s. 
As a psychiatrist, he was interested in what it was that enabled some people to survive the rigors and the cruelty of a concentration camp while others didn't. He wrote in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, and he wrote about the power of hope. He said this, The prisoner who had lost hope, his future was doomed. With his loss of faith in the future, he also lost his spiritual hold. He let himself decline and become subject to mental and physical decay. This morning, I want to encourage you with the prospect and the thought of receiving the gift of hope. It's a powerful force in the human heart. Now understand, I'm not just talking uh, about a a, a human feeling of optimism when you kind of pump yourself up and try to make yourself uh, hopeful. I'm talking about a true and a lasting hope that is available to everyone by faith in Jesus Christ. The coming of Christ as prophesied in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That gives us hope this morning. What is hope? What is hope? Hope is simply an expectation of a better tomorrow. Hope is an expectation that our tomorrows are going to be better than our yesterdays. We all need hope to deal with life. Because stuff just happens. Because we have to deal with pain, if we're going to be honest. We all have pain. Turn to the person next to you and say, we all have pain. Tell them, I have pain. You have pain. My pain might not be your pain. And your pain might not be my pain. But understand, it's pain nonetheless. You see, we all experience pain, whether it's because of failure, because we have been hurt. Maybe we hurt ourselves. Maybe others have hurt us. And we also have hurt other people. Maybe it's because of substance abuse, shattered dreams. Maybe you abuse physically or even emotionally or sexually. And there's bitterness and there's hatred and evil. But what I want you to understand this morning, that hope helps us to process the pain that we all experience. Hope helps us to process Process that pain in a positive, redemptive way. How many of you are with me this morning? We see David in the Psalms. He would say, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why are you in despair? And why have you become restless and disturbed? He was speaking of his own experience. And he was saying, why are you depressed? But he would also go on to say, hope in God. Hope in God. 
and wait expectantly for him. You see, what we have to understand this morning, hope helps you and I to have a different perspective in life. It helps us to have a perspective through the lenses of God. It helps us to see things in a redemptive way, in a positive way, in a God-honoring way, in a way where we see God is still at work and even what the devil meant for evil, God can turn around for good. Even those areas of our life, those shattered dreams, those broken dreams, those heartache and that pain, God can take it and bring healing and bring wholeness and bring deliverance and make you better than you were before. Can you say amen? Amen. Isaiah 61 verse 3 tells us a great promise from the word of God. Isaiah 61 verse 3 said, God will console those who mourn. He'll give them beauty for ashes. What are ashes? The charred, burnt, devastated parts of your life, of my life. I'll give you beauty. For ashes, hallelujah. I'll give you the oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Turn to the person next to you say, you look like you need the garment of praise. That they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. You see, hope does not deny pain. But hope gives you confidence in God to deal with the pain. I want to talk to you a few moments, just kind of tie this all together. I promise I'll let you out of here by 1 o'clock. But I want to talk to you for a few moments about processing your pain. Processing your pain. It has been said that what you don't talk out, you act out. Hello, I'm trying to help you this morning. I know you came for a cute little Christmas service, but I want to give you a little bit more for your money. Amen. What you don't talk out, you act out. What I mean by that is what you don't talk out in in a healthy way, you, you act out in an unhealthy way. Come on, just trying to be real this morning. So I want to talk to you about dealing with with your pain. You see, emotional pain, if not dealt with in an unhealthy, I mean in a healthy way, makes us prone to unhealthy behavior. Turn to the person next to you and say, this is getting real good. Emotional pain if not dealt with in a healthy way, makes us prone to unhealthy behavior. Substance abuse, alcoholism, sexual addiction, explosive anger. How many of you know anger is an acting out of some pain and hurt on the inside? Hello? Compulsive behaviors, cutting, Unhealthy acting out because of the pain on the inside. But I want you to understand this morning, there is hope. I said there is hope. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying to be insensitive or in any way 
be, be, be callous, but, but we all have pain. And you know what happens a lot of times when we come to church? We not only put on our Sunday best clothing-wise, uh, we put on our Sunday best express facially and our expression and, and all the while we're hurting on the inside. You just can't cover it over by a praise the Lord. You can't just cover it over by a hallelujah, by a God bless you, pastor. So good to see you this morning. We've got to deal with some stuff. Come on, some preacher said you got junk in your trunk. Oh, come on, how many of you are still with me? This I'm going over here. You guys don't look too friendly this morning. Neither do some of you, but there's hope. There's a healthy way to process your pain. Number one, you know what we do to process our pain? We talk to God. We talk to God. We have a loving, heavenly Father that knows everything about us. He knows our hurts. He knows our disappointments. He knows our pain. And we don't have to be spiritual with Him and try to impress God. How many times do I hear, talk to people that tell me, Oh, I'll come to church when I get it all together. Oh, I'll come to church when I clean up my life. That is the most foolish thing I've ever heard. I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend anybody if you felt like that. But the reality of it is we're all messed up. We're all dysfunctional. We need the grace of God to heal us, to make us whole. And to help us to deal and get that junk out of the trunk. See, David, he went to God. And, you know, as I was, as I was studying, you know, I looked at the Psalms and I came up with dozens of Psalms where I see this, 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 this concept, this, this thought that I'm trying to share with you. And I had to narrow it down. But I want to look at a few psalms. I want to show you how David dealt with his, his stuff. Hello? I know you all look so holy. You ain't got no stuff. You don't deal with depression. You don't deal with bad attitudes, unforgiveness, pride, self-right. Yeah, I know you don't deal with that stuff. Maybe there's a few people here that I'm going to help this morning. Psalm 13. Psalm 13, do we have that? Psalm 13, verse 1 and 2. Here is David. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? This is David, the man after the heart of God, who wrote more than half of the Psalms, and look at how he's expressing his pain. Can anybody relate this morning? How long will you hide your face from me? Next verse. How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemies be exalted over me? Consider it, hear me, O Lord, my God, and lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. David thought he wasn't going to make it, so he's expressing it. I know maybe some of you have never felt like this, but if you live long enough, you will. And so he expresses, but look at how he ends the psalm. Go to verse 5. Go to verse 5. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Next verse. Verse 6, I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. What is David doing? He's being real with God. He's expressing how he feels, but he doesn't stay there. Have you, have you ever talked to people? They tell you all their problems. It's not just enough to talk it out. You've got to process it from a redemptive perspective and point of view. You've got to get God in the situation. You can't just look at an earthly plane and, and a, on this level. You've got to get God's light where you get to see things from a different perspective. Psalm 56, 56 verse 1 and 2. Be merciful to me, God, for man 
would swallow me up. Fighting all day, he oppresses me. Now, it's not talking about your husband. Well, maybe it is, but, but let's move on. My enemies would hound me all day, for there are many who fight against me, almost high. Go now down to verse 13. For you have delivered my soul from death. Have you not kept my feet from falling, that I might walk before God in the light of the living? Again, David, he starts off with the reality of his pain and his suffering. One more, Psalm 69. 69, save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I have come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary with crying. Has anybody shed so many tears that you're weary of crying? Your throat becomes dry. My eyes fail while I wait for God. He's saying, God, where are you? I've been weeping night after night. I'm hurting. Go to, to the last verse. Let her, heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moves in them. For God will save Zion and build the cities of Judah that they may dwell there and possess it. Also the descendants of his servants shall inherit it and those who love his name shall dwell in it. You see how David starts out being real. With God, telling God his pain, but he doesn't stay there. He, 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 he goes from hopelessness to hopefulness. He goes from despair to encouragement. Come on, can somebody say amen this morning? This was David processing his pain. This was a catharsis for David. I looked up that word catharsis, and you know what it, it means? It means purification. Listen, this is good. I might have to take another offering. This is so good. The Greek word for catharsis, you've heard it, catharsis. It was a cathartic experience. Catharsis means purification. Purging of emotions resulting in renewal and restoration. It's getting those things out of your spirit. So what was David doing in the Psalms? He was processing and releasing those unhealthy emotions so that he can get free from it and get a relief and he could be delivered from those, re those, those repressed emotions. You know, you know when you got garbage, um, unless you got glad bags, if you push down too much, something's going to come out. You know, sometimes in life, We've got some stuff that we just kind of keep pushing down, pushing down, pushing down. We repress it, we depress it, we compress it. But you know what? Sooner or later, that bag's going to blow. Sooner or later, there's going to be trash all over the place. And what happens is sometimes it, 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 that trash overflows on people we love. We don't have time to get into all that, but just the, the fact of the matter is it's dealing with that stuff. Those emotions. How many are still with me? I, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. We talk to God. That's how we process things. If I didn't have God to go to, I wouldn't be here this morning. If I didn't have a God who loved me and, and understood me. And see, that's what the gospel, that's what Christmas is all about. God Almighty coming down in the form of a baby, growing up just like you and I. The Bible says he, he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He sympathizes with our weaknesses. 
He understands what you're going through. Why? Because the Bible said he was tempted at every point, just as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, he's able to give grace and mercy and help you. Turn to the person next to you and say, you don't even know what I'm go- I've been through in life. And you know, I think some of you said it with an attitude because if you only knew, if you only knew what some people have been through, all of us, all of us in one level or another, How do we handle it? How do we process this pain? We talk to God, but we talk to others. We talk to others. I'm talking about a trusted friend, a spouse who has a biblical worldview. Can I highlight trusted? Don't just tell your junk to just anybody, even even though they they come to church every Sunday. No offense, but you can't, you got to have a trusted. And that comes through relationship. That comes to investing in one another. Do you know that relationships are like a, a, a checking account? If you wanna, if you wanna withdraw, you gotta put in. Hello? If you wanna write a check, or, or some young people don't even know what a check is, but let's, a debit card, a debit card. You know, you, you, you gotta put in, you know, it's not just free money, you gotta put into the, the account so you can withdraw. It's the same thing with relationships. Have you ever met some people, all they do is they want, they want, they want. You know when they call you, it's they want something. Or you get a text. You know they're not just saying, how are you doing? They wanna, can you, can you do something for me? That brother ex- knows what I'm talking about this morning. But you gotta invest. I believe in relationships. I believe in investing in relationships, but it takes time. And it's not just a Facebook post, I like your, your outfit. I, 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 thumbs up, you know, like, you know, commented. That's okay, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about investing in relationships, loving and caring and serving. You know, my wife, she, we, we've had some awesome uh, teachers in Bible colleges uh, some of them weren't even teachers, they were, they were faculty and they, they just served in different capacities and they weren't oh, wasn't the most gifted and anointed prophets or apostles, they were just everyday people who gave their lives to serve at our Bible college. And you know what, I appreciate my wife, she still calls and takes out some of these women, they're in their 80s. And, and, and no one's, they're just, they're just home alone and she takes them out, she takes them for coffee, she'll bring them out for lunch or whatever. What she's doing is she's honoring them. She's appreciating them. And we need to do that in the kingdom of God because, you know what, we're going to need one another. One time or another, you're going to need somebody. You might think you're so secure and you're so uh, on top of the world, but trust me, you're going to need a shoulder to cry on, someone to talk to. You're going to need someone to process your pain with. Can you say amen? Amen. I remember growing up or coming to Christ at 17 years old with no background in uh, I didn't grow up in the church, but I came to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ at 17, almost 18 years old, and I remember being 18, 19, and 20, and, and having a, a brother in Christ who, who was sold out to Jesus, loved God. I would go over his house, him and his wife, and at 17, 18, and 19, I would talk things out, and I truly believed that it was cathartic. It was, it was 
healthy. I would share my pain, my hurt. You say, What's, what pain did you have at 18, 19? Let me tell you, there are 12-year-old, 10-year-old, there are kids here today that are dealing with some deep issues in their life. And I remember how valuable those hours were. His name was Aldo. Aldo and his wife, Gina, I'd be over their house. I had nothing. They would cook me meals. They, would, oh, they were just great people. And they would hear me out, and we'd talk, and I'd share things. And that was healing. That was health. That was, that was therapeutic. You see, we do need people. Don't be so spiritual to think you don't need people. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. And lastly, talk to yourself, just not in public. Talk to God, talk to others, even talk to yourself. That's what David did. That's what David did in the psalm. He said, why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you depressed? Hope in God. He was encouraging himself. There are times in life where the choir won't be there, where, where your favorite worship team, Hillsong, uh, Victory Choir, whoever, won't be there, and you'll have to encourage yourself in the Lord. You'll have to say, remember what the Lord has done. Remember where God brought you from. Remember the door he opened. Remember how he parted the Red Sea. Remember how he made a miraculous provision. You'll have to encourage yourself because because you won't always have people around. As much as we need one another, there'll be times where you'll need to dig a little deeper and say, hope thou in God, self. Remember the, what God has done, the dealings of the Lord. You see, when I counsel people, I always check what's their hope meter. Where is their hope at? You see, when you lost, lose hope, you lose everything. But I want to encourage you today. Hope thou in God. Hope thou in God. Have faith in the child of Bethlehem. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. What's your focus as we bring this to a close? Blaise Pascoe, he was a brilliant philosopher. He said it so well, I'll just quote him. He said, our imagination so magnifies the present because we are continually thinking about it and so reduces eternity because we do not think about it. That we turn eternity into nothing and nothing into eternity. Let me read that again. Our imagination so magnifies the present because we are continually thinking about it and so reduces eternity because we do not think about it that we turn eternity into nothing and nothing into eternity. What does that mean? It means that our focus is skewed. Our focus is on the wrong thing. We've been given such an amazing gift in Christmas. An amazing gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What a gift we've been given for this life, but it's not just for this life. It's for eternity. It's not just for this life. This life is so short. 
70 years, 80 years, 90 years. Some of you young people are looking at me and say, that day will never come. Believe me, it's going to come like a flash. 70, 80, 90 years old, and it's over. And then there's eternity that does not end, that does not end. It's forever and ever and ever. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. And he shall reign forever and ever and ever. The gospel, the good news, the hope is for this life, but it's also for eternity. Where we are going to, you're all going to spend it. You know what, I, I just, I got, a, I got a statistic for you. 100% of you are mortal. 100% of you are going to die. I hate to tell you this morning. I know it's Christmas. I know it's festive time. But that's why he came. That we would not perish, but have everlasting life. Look at what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most to be pitied. What was Paul saying? He was saying, yes, there's hope in this world with Christ. You can make it through. You can be healed. You can process your pain. You can live a, whole, a productive life, a fruitful life. He says, but listen, if your hope is only in this life, you ought to be pitied. He says, because Jesus didn't come to just give you a good life. He came to die for your sins. He came to open up the way into heaven. He came to be the door in which we enter into the kingdom of God and live in eternity forever and ever and ever. I know that's not exciting. I know your gift giving is more exciting this morning. I'm talking about eternity. Would you stand together with me as we pray and close? John chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. The Bible says of Jesus, He came unto His own, but His own received Him not. But to as, as many as received Him, but to as many as received Him, received the gift this morning. But to as many as received Him, to them, to them, not just to anybody. There is a demarcation. There is a, a line drawn in the sand. Not everybody goes to heaven. Not everybody's saved, even if they say they are. You've got to know that, that you know that you don't know that you know that you're saved this morning. But to as many as received him, who? Received Christ. To them he gave the power or the authority to become children of God. Born not of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. Born of the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you close your eyes for a moment? I know visions of, uh, of plums are dancing in your head. But come on, can you pray for one moment with me this morning? To as many as received him, would you receive the gift of hope for this life and for the one to come? Would you put your faith in Jesus Christ, in Christ alone today? Would you repent of your sins would you ask God to forgive you? Would you humble yourself and acknowledge your pride that you can't save yourself? That God sees your sin. Nothing is hidden from the all-seeing eye of God. But thank God, although he sees it, he paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed me, he washed me white as snow. All to him I owe. Hallelujah. As your heads are bowed, I want to ask you this morning, would you receive Christ 
as your Lord and Savior. It's one thing to receive him as your Savior. Everybody wants to be saved, but do we want him to be Lord? Do we want to be under new management? Do we want him to be the manager, the controller, the Lord, the master of our life? We don't just go where we want to go, do what we want to do, say what we want to say, but we say, Lord, is it your will? Not my will, but thine be done, Lord. This morning, if you're willing to receive the gift, it's an amazing gift. It's a gift that is out of this world. Better than any gift you or I have ever, ever could receive or ever have received. It's the gift of hope. A hope for this life and the one to come. If you want me to pray with you, would you just lift your hand? Just lift your hand and say, Pastor, I need to receive this gift this morning. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. You might have done it before, but maybe one of these times, something will happen in your life. You'll never be the same. For me, it was July 31st, 1981. My life has never been the same. Thank God. God will change your life if you put your trust in Him. Children, young people, put your faith in Christ. Follow, follow His glory, not the world's glory. Follow Christ greater than anything. Anyone else, you'd say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to accept this hope. God bless you. I need to, ex God bless you, God bless you. I need to accept this gift, the gift of God. God bless you. I want to pray with you right now all over this place. Father, thank you for every hand that's been raised. Father, thank you for every life that's reaching out to you this morning in faith in Christ, in repentance towards God. Father, I pray, O oh Lord, that the Holy Spirit would confirm the word of God this morning to every heart, to every life, in Jesus' name. Before we leave, before we dismiss, I just want to take five more minutes. I want to ask those of you that raised their hand, if you would just step out of your seat. We want, to, we want to pray over you. We want to pray for you one more time. This is too important. The gift of God. The hope of eternal life. Would you just move out of your seat? Just come and stand in the front just quickly. Would you just play one song as we wait for those to move out of their seats and come forward? Thank you for listening to the Victory Church Podcast. Join us for worship every Sunday at 10 a.m. and for life groups every Wednesday at 7 p.m. We are located at 321 Vesey Street in Providence, Rhode Island. Have a blessed day.